the Nelsons, uh, Betty Nelson, Monty and uh, Carly, that family. Betty, Betty is a husband, uh, passed away not too long ago. And they told her that, that she didn't have um, any life insurance or she wouldn't, whatever, she wouldn't be able to get that. Well, they were praying about this. She'd been in just some crazy financial need. And last Sunday, she finds in the mailbox $16,000 from, from one, one company, right? Uh, and, then, and then another, uh, I think, another check for another $16,000. So she's like, it was $32,000, $33,000. I mean, isn't that just what the Lord does? So praise God. Praise God. Wow, wow, wow. Do it again, Lord. Anybody needing some financial breakthrough in your life? Let's just, I, I love those types of testimonies. A few weeks ago, someone was praying, and the Lord that day, $1,000 dropped into their laps, and God is good. We've, uh, we're wrapping up today our Spirit Empowered uh, series. And the, the whole idea this whole time, if, if you're new with us or if you've missed a few times with vacations and everything, is this, is that God's assignment for my life will never be fully completed if I'm not empowered by the Holy Spirit. We, we just believe that. It's not, a, uh, it's not an, an elitism thing. It's nothing like, like that. What it is, is we just believe that God wants to empower every believer with his Holy Spirit and that we can only do so much by ourselves, right? And in fact, the, the very first message of this series, what we found was that Jesus believed this so strongly that he told his disciples, wait, wait here, wait in Jerusalem, until you receive power from on high. And, and so they, in other words, the disciples, even though they had walked with Jesus for three and a half years and they had learned from the best and they'd seen all the miracles and, and they'd heard the best sermons and all of this, all of that stuff, they, they couldn't go out in their own strength and just convince everybody with just this great story they knew. The, the, the X factor was empowerment. And Jesus knew that, wait until you receive power. And so we, we found that, and, and media people, I'm probably going to be skipping around a lot, so, so get ready, okay? <laughs> and and so, so that was, that was the, the main text then, uh, if you remember, was Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so today, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the whole, usually every week I've been recapping, and uh, I'm just going to ask you to just go on the website and listen to all the messages because they're great. Right. And we're just thanks. <laughs> thanks, Kathleen. Uh, and, but we're going to I'm just going to skip right. The, the title today is this. There must be more. There must be more. And when I think about the book of Acts, when I like if I were to just a, a main thought for today. But as we've been going through and we didn't get to go through the whole book of Acts in 11 weeks. I mean, that would be a miracle in and of itself. It's like 26 chapters and all kinds of stuff. But we, we pulled out some, some really incredible things. As I've been reading through and as I've been studying the book of Acts, there's been something that's just rattling around in my heart and my brain. It's this, that the book of Acts tells me that the gospel and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit are inseparable. You don't find one without the other. And, and we, 
we find whatever camp that you grew up in spiritually, whatever church, whatever flavor, we either find people that are camping on one side or the other of that, of that statement. Where the, the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is just a Holy Spirit bless me club and we come and feel better about ourselves and, and, you know, and, and all the gifts and all the, you know, the warm fuzzies and Holy Spirit goose pimples and all that stuff, right? And we, we find that, and that's like, that's the extent of Pentecostalism or charism, right? And then on the other side, we find people that it's all about the doctrine, the theology. It's all about the story of the cross without any power with it. And the Lord was challenging me as I've been going through Acts with the, the foundation that I grew up in, with uh, Pentecostal churches, and, and I'm a fourth generation minister, and all of the experiences I've had with Holy Spirit and just encounter after encounter. As I've been going through a, a fresh new uh, look at this book and the foundations of the early church was that it was both is that you can't have one without the other. It's two sides of the same coin. It's the, the gospel has to have power. And, and when, they're, when they're separated, then the gospel just becomes rules and regulations and just a good story. And, and the power just becomes power, uh, just for a show and just to, to make me feel better about myself. But when they're combined, we can change the world. Like, you can actually impact this city and your family and everybody around you, when we do it the way that the disciples and the apostles and everyone did in the early church, when it's combined. And so I, I look at this and I'm like, there must be more. For those of us that emphasize the experiential side, there has to be more than just experience. It's also the gospel. It's also theology and doctrine. For those of us that get hung up on, the, on just the, the real heady intellectual transaction, just the story, there has to be more. There's also power. And so for all of us in this room, there must be more. There's a story um, about a place called Yates Pool. Yates Pool. And uh, during the, the Great Depression, it, 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 the Yates Pool was this field in Texas that this man, Mr. Yates, owned. And uh, he, was a, he was a sheep rancher. And that's what he did for a living. And in the, in the Great Depression, um, he wasn't able to make enough on his ranching operation to pay the principal and the interest on the mortgage. So he was in danger of losing his ranch. So with little money for clothes or food for his family, like many others during that time, he had to live on government subsidies. So day after day, as he grazed his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills, he was no doubt greatly troubled about how he would pay his bills. And then a seismographic crew from an oil company came into the area and told him there might be oil on his land. How many know that's a, that's a good day? There might be oil on his land. They asked permission to drill a wildcat well, and he signed the lease contract. At 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Many subsequent wells were more than twice as large. In fact, 30 years after the discovery, a government test of one of the wells showed it still had the potential of flow of 125,000 barrels a day. Isn't that crazy? And Mr. Yates owned it all. 
The day he purchased the land, he had received the oil and the mineral rights. Yet he'd been living off of relief, government subsidies. A multi-millionaire living in poverty. The problem, he didn't know the oil was there even though he owned it. Isn't that like some of us? Isn't that like maybe a lot of Christianity, a lot of believers around the world? Is that we've got so much, so much at our fingertips, so much that we have access to, so much because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible says that, the, that when Jesus died, the, the curtain in the temple was torn in, to, in two from top to bottom. We had access to everything. And the, the Acts 2 story that we talked about weeks and weeks ago of, of the Holy Spirit being poured out and all this. I mean, the access. But what if you grew up your whole life just not knowing that there was more? Just surviving, just barely making it. Today, maybe we can dig for well, for, for oil. Dig a well for oil. I, I'll say it right, one of these moment what if we could do that what if today's the day that that you realize that not only did you have the mineral rights but and the oil rights and all of that for the land what if today was the day that you realize there's actually oil here (laughs) and I want to just tell you that that there is that there is that there's more that that perhaps some of you some of us in this room we've been multi-millionaires spiritually and we didn't even know it we didn't even know it there was a a story in Acts 19, and uh, you fast forward, we can kind of go on chapter by chapter, but you fast forward to Acts 19, and when you get to Acts 19, you see a story, it opens up where the Apostle Paul comes to Ephesus, and this is a place where uh, he wrote the, the book of Ephesians, and we have just an incredible um, uh, letter to the book of Ephesians that we just grow spiritual maturity when you just read Ephesians 1 through 6, it's just incredible. Well, when Paul was in Ephesus on this trip, he comes up to these people here, and, and you can read it on, on the screen when they put it up there. It, uh, he, he comes to this place, and the Bible says that Paul, having found some disciples, he asked them this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Which is interesting because uh, we don't find that Paul, like this was his practice. We don't find that he went up to people like every time he, you know, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Like that wasn't his greeting. But somehow, and for some reason, it was here. And we don't know why. Was there something about them? Did he walk by and just had like a sense and an awareness? For whatever reason, Paul stopped what he was doing, and he looked at these disciples. And the interesting thing there, too, they were disciples. In other words, every place that we hear about disciples in the Bible, it's talking about Christ followers. So these people were Christ followers. They, I mean, they were Bible-believing, death, burial, and resurrection. The Bible's the word of God. Jesus is the son of God, and you must be born again, right? And yet, they were missing something. He says, have you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they, what is their answer here when you read it? We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. We've been living on this land for years and years, and we were 
multimillionaires and didn't even know it. And that's where I want to be today. These guys, they didn't know. They just didn't know. They were a piece of information away from something that would change their life forever. Well, the Bible says that they got water baptized there, and then Paul laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and prophesied and got the whole meal deal. And so today, um, what I, my heart was this, is that when, when, to close out this, uh, this series, I just wanted to pose some questions as if, if I were sitting in your chair and I was just, had just gone through all of these chapters in the book of Acts, if I, if I was sitting there, what would I want to know about this baptism of the Holy Spirit? Here's, here's some questions that came to my mind. And maybe you were, maybe you were thinking of these. One is, is filled with the Spirit and baptism of the Holy Spirit the same thing? If, you're, if you read through the book of Acts, you see these, these different words, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. You see all of this stuff. And so are they the same thing? And I'll tell you just from, from my reading and my study and experience is that when you talk about uh, filled with the Spirit and baptized with the Spirit, they're synonymous. They mean the same thing. Baptized actually means to be immersed and which is actually why, as a side note, we do, when we, when we baptize people in this church, I don't know what tradition you grew up in, but when we baptize people in water, we actually dunk them under, we actually hold them under for about 30 seconds. <laughs> and when we don't see the bubbles coming up anymore, then they're like, they're good to go. They're really, right? So baptism means immersion. It means, it means to be fully immersed. It means to be, to be dunked. And so uh, you, you find there, there was this scripture, Acts 1.5. It says this, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And in other words, he was drawing a, com- a comparison. John used water. We're now going to use Holy Spirit. John dunked in water, you're going to be dunked in the Holy Spirit. It, it, that was, it was as simple as that. And so when you're talking about um, being filled with the Holy Spirit or being baptized with the Holy Spirit, that's what's, that's what's happening. And, and so I, um, the next question that comes to mind here then is, what's it like? Maybe you've never. Maybe you're in this room and you, at least to your, to your knowledge, you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. If I were sitting in a chair out there, I'd, I'd want to say, Pastor Jonathan, like, what's this thing? What's, this, what's it going to feel like? What's it going to look like? Am I going to be like one of those? <laughs> right? You know, what, you know what I'm saying when I say one of those. It's like when you're, when you're at Walmart and someone says, what church do you go to? And, they, and you say, oh, Spirit of Life. You're like, oh. Just probably not, probably not. And, and so what's it like? What, what happens to you? Do, you? do you feel something? And I wanted to say that there's not a cookie cutter, cutter answer to that, but as I look through Scripture first, because you always want to go from Scripture to explain experience instead of experience to explain Scripture. Does that make sense? I always want the scripture to be my plumb line. Otherwise, I'm making doctrine and theology out of something I experienced, and you can get, it can get really dangerous there. And so, I was, so first, I want to go back to scripture. And as I, as I look at scripture, it, it happened all kinds of different ways 
where the Holy Spirit would, would come upon, where people would be filled or baptized. And, and you're looking at, so what was the experience they had? Well, in one place, in, in the first place, in Acts 2, there was what looked like, and it doesn't say that it actually was, but as they were describing, it was what looked like tongues of fire rested on their heads. That, that would be an evidence, wouldn't you say? Tongues of fire start resting on our heads in here. We'd say that was a good deal. We, can all, we, can, we say we had church and we can go home. So, so, that was, so that was an experience. In that same experience, uh, it says that they heard what was a, a sound. It sounded like a mighty rushing wind. In fact, in the original language and in that experience, it, was, it sounded probably like a hurricane rushing through that place. So there was, there was tongues of fire and there was, there was this sound and, and all this stuff. And the Bible says they were filled. Um, I will admit I have never, to my knowledge, had a tongue of fire rest on my head, nor have I heard that rushing sound. But I've been filled. And, and as you read through Scripture, you see some other things. You, you see multiple times where people spoke in tongues, and now we use the T word. People say, Pastor, tongues. Is that that thing where, like, your, your tongue starts flapping uncontrollably like a, like a wet fish on the deck and like yeah that's exactly what I'm talking about that's a, it, tongues is uh, it's this spiritual language that comes and you find in, in the first place we see it in Acts 2 is this where the, the Holy Spirit fills them and they start to speak in a tongue but it wasn't just this, this heavenly prayer language it was actually um, heard in the language of every person that was sitting there and so the, so the first time that tongues came, it was for the purpose of evangelism because they were able to, to hear in their own language the goodness of God is what the Bible says. All the works and the goodness of God. But there were other times that tongues came and it was more of a heavenly language. It was more of just a personal prayer language of communicating between, between us and God. And, and so tongues is interesting. And when you, when you talk about like Pentecostalism and charismatic uh, people, that's like the one, th oh, are you, do you guys speak in tongues? And, and so it's interesting, I mean, that that's the one thing. There's so, would you guys say that there's so much more than just that? But I'll tell you what, that is Tongues is really important, in my opinion. You want to know the two things that have taken my prayer life to a whole nother level? The two things. Memorizing God's word. Because as I memorize God's word when I'm praying, I can actually declare and speak his word. And so when, I'm, when scripture is coming to mind as I'm praying and as I'm declaring, it, is, it has been one of the things that took, has taken my prayer life to a whole nother level. The, the other thing is speaking in tongues. Because, because when I don't know how to pray, when I don't know what to say, and, and you guys say, well, Pastor Jonathan, like, you never run out of words to say. And, but I tell you, that it's true. I, every once in a while I do. And, and tongues, tongues is, is there. Tongues is one of the things. Um, I want you to know it's not something to be afraid of. How do I know? Because the Bible calls it a gift. And if it's a gift from God, God doesn't give bad gifts to people. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. There's weird people. But the Holy Spirit isn't weird. And so I want to encourage you, even as we go through this, is that um, would you just embrace, if, would you just say in your heart, if it's God, I want it, and if it's not God, I don't want anything to do with it? Could that be a good place to be? If it's you, I want it. Uh, I, I really do want it if it's you. Um, the only thing with that is that even if it really is him, some of us still don't want it. Anyways, man. So what's it like? What's it, what does it feel like? Some, I, I will say this. Personal experience, 
modern testimony plus the Bible, I will say this about being filled with the Holy Spirit, is that there, you know when you're filled. It, it comes by faith, but whether you, you will know. You're not going to have to come up to me and say, Pastor Jonathan, like, Am, am, I, am I really filled or not? It, this is one of those things. Every place in Scripture, there wasn't a question of whether or not someone was filled. They, they had an encounter with God. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was evidence. Some places it was tongues. Other places, we, we talked one week, that it was this supernatural boldness that came over them. Some places where they, they felt something. This one place where it was fire on their head. I'm not going to define how it's going to be, but I will just say this. is that you'll know. You'll know. There'll be some level of an experience or a thing or he'll, in your heart, he will deposit something and you're just gonna know. There's not gonna be this questioning because you don't find that in scripture. You just don't find that. Um, this, this next question that comes is this, is being filled with the Holy Spirit a one-time thing? You know, there are some one-time encounters, like, like salvation is a one-time thing there's people that come up to me and say, say, Pastor Jonathan, I, um, I just want to get saved. I'm like, I thought you were already saved. We're like, I, well, I got saved, but, but I think I need to get saved again. And I'm like, well, that's just not, that's not how that works. Like you, the Bible says, John actually writes, he says, I write these things so that you would um, know that you have eternal life. And so uh, I would suggest if, if you were to, in your heart right now, say, man, I just don't know if I'm going to heaven. I think I am, but I'm not sure. I would suggest that you find me or find somebody in this church that you, and would you just make sure that you know? Because you can know. And that's a one time. That's like, it, it happens. You make a decision in your heart. I'm giving my heart to the Lord. I am, I am saved. And there's a moment, you know that you're saved. There's no question about it. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a one time First time filling, and then there's like an every day if you want it filling. Here, how do I know? Watch this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Paul's talking to the Ephesians and he says this. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And in the original language, what the grammar of that verse in the original language, this is what it actually means. It says, be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not a one-time thing. It's like, I can be filled all the time. Some of you maybe were, were filled in your quiet time this morning before you ever came to church. Some of you during worship, you're just like, Holy Spirit, fill me. And you had an encounter with the Lord and he filled you. Some, some of you, uh, it's been a quite a while. You, you remember that one time that happened when, you know, in, in 1942 and it's been a while. And you need to get filled again. But I'll tell you, I mean, we leak, Right? It's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's something that we pursue. It's something that we constantly are being filled, daily being filled, because, because we leak, <laughs> because we have circumstances. It's because apathy gets in the way. All of this stuff that we talked about even during worship, like, like there's things that get in the way, and I need to be constantly pursuing Holy Spirit and be constantly being filled we, we, we leak for, for two reasons. I just explained one. One is just life. We, we leak. But the other thing is, do you know ministry is giving out? I mean, so I'm up here and I'm preaching, hopefully under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit, by the way. And I'm giving out. 
And so I need to be, Holy Spirit, would you fill me again? Would you be constantly being filled, right? Would you, would you fill me anew? Would you keep filling me? Because I don't want to just preach in my own strength. I don't want to just teach in my own strength. I don't want to just do this thing in my own strength. So it's not a one-time thing. Here's another question that, that just comes to me. Um, so what is the baptism with the Holy Spirit or, or being filled? What, what is it then? We, we know what it, maybe what it might feel like. We know that we're supposed to have it. We know we were supposed to wait for it, all this stuff. So, so what, um, what is it? And I'll say this. Is it, somebody, someone will say, well, it's speaking in tongues. Or they'll say, do I have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I'll say, well, you kind of have it backwards. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to speak in tongues, right? And, and speaking in tongues, it's been this one thing that, that the church, I mean, even worldwide, like has uh, um, had this hiccup over. And even Pentecostal charismatic churches, they would say, um, at least back in the day when I was growing up, it was in tongues was the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the evidence. If you didn't speak in tongues, that just, it simply meant you weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. If you did speak in tongues, it meant that you were filled with the Holy Spirit. So that was like the litmus test. We got to find a way. How do we know if they're filled or not filled? Tongues. Tongues. And for good reason, because a majority of the time in Scripture, people spoke in tongues when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you see that even as we read through Acts. So it wasn't like an unfounded doctrine, but it was incomplete. Because there's also times in, in Scripture when the Holy Spirit would come and they were filled, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the Bible doesn't give an indication that they were ones that spoke in tongues. And so, I, is that, does that make sense? So I want you to just know this. Like, I, I hope all of you speak in tongues. I think it'll just take you to a whole nother level. But you can be filled with the Holy Spirit walking in boldness, even operating in miracles and signs and wonders and healing and, and just living for God, living righteously and, and, and evangel, And you could be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues yet. And I say yet because hopefully one of these days. For me, it happened like this, and I don't want to make a doctrine out of an experience, but I'm just going to say what my experience was. For my, my experience was that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 16 years old in my grandmother's living room. And it was awesome to the point where grandpa said, Jonathan, maybe you should just sit down for a little bit, right? And then two years later, when I was 18 years old, um, I, I started speaking in tongues at a, at a youth group that I was at. And so for me, it was just two separate events. Um, and, and so try that one on. I don't know. All right, moving on here. So what's the purpose? We... We review a little bit here because as we, were, as we were going through Acts, we started finding that the purpose of Pentecost, the purpose of that first, that first outpouring was for righteous living and spreading the gospel. It was really, it, there was a whole lot more that happened. But if we were to talk about the foundation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was because I can't live this life on my own. It's too hard. Anybody tried to? You're just like, man, I'm trying to just do the right thing and, and, and do the rules and all of those things. And it's just, man, I keep falling flat in my face. Part of the reason for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was for righteous living. And the other part was to advance the gospel. Everywhere the Spirit of God was poured out in, in, in the book of Acts and Scripture, like 
the gospel was being spread. It, it, it kept saying, well, another 2,000 were added to their number that day. More people were kept being added to their number. Every time, there was another miracle. There was another outpouring. They were, they were filled with the Spirit. And like the church kept growing as people kept giving their heart to the Lord. And so it was this both and. There was power. Part of the purpose of this whole thing was power. It's power, it's, it's like a two-sided power. It's power to live right, but it's also actual power. It's it, for when you see Peter and John walking up the, that week that we spoke about the, the crippled man at the gate beautiful. When they, when they said silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, what did they, what did they have? That, oh, we just love you. Oh, we just bless you. Or here's No, like what they had was power. They, you can't give away what you don't have. And so they had the power of the Holy Spirit in them because they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they gave that away to this man that was crippled at the gate beautiful and he was, and he was uh, made whole. Acts 1.8 was, uh, is the verse that says you'll receive power and, and to be witnesses. Acts chapter 4 um, talked about, that week we talked about boldness and evangelism, that, that one of the evidences of being baptized in the Holy Spirit was boldness. I love Acts 13.52 though, because one and another evidences of being full of the Holy Spirit it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I love that. I mean, joy is a fruit of the Spirit, but it was also, they were filled with joy and filled with the Holy Spirit in the same sentence, in the same breath. So I, I, would, just, I would just say this. Um, you're struggling with depression? You're struggling with some of those types of things, of, of, uh, uh, of things that would just keep you down all the time? Even, even thoughts of suicide and things, man, being filled with the Holy Spirit counteracts that. It, it talks about this joy, this supernatural joy. It's part of, of what's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is divine by joy and, and being full with the Holy Spirit, and, right? Like, like, it's not supposed to be boring. This is supposed to, we're supposed to be alive. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand in this room, but would anybody struggle with depression? right? Anybody struggle with anxiety? I, I've told you, I've been honest in this room that I have. Could there be moments then if I'm struggling with anxiety or, I'm, or there's times, there's times I, after I've preached sermons and, and ministered that I've just gone into like a, like a mild depression? You think that maybe my focus was off? You think that maybe I wasn't like pulling on Holy Spirit for more? You think I wasn't like being constantly being filled? I'm just being honest about, if I could be honest about myself from the pulpit, maybe you just need to be honest about yourself right there between you and the Lord. That maybe one of those things that we're lacking is supernatural joy by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, I, I love those scriptures. Logically, if power and boldness and joy come with being filled, then God is wanting uh, uh, to give you something to replace weakness, timidity, and depression or apathy. And then it's this great thing. Do you have any friends in your life that are depressed? Do you have any friends in your life that aren't walking in power or victorious living, or, right? So remember, you can't give away what you don't have, but you can give away what you do have. So man, if you've got supernatural joy in you, you think maybe you could give away supernatural joy? You've got supernatural peace inside you. Do you think, is there a family member that's just not walking in peace that you could like give peace to? It, this is huge. This whole empowerment thing 
is a big deal. And we talked this morning in, in worship about apathy. I don't know. I, I'm not saying everybody in this room struggles with apathy. But I am saying I felt it this morning. Even if it was just one person. At some, at some point this morning, I felt um, just that apathy. I felt like, you know what? Um, the passion. We're singing a song that we don't actually believe the words. I know that for some of you in this room, that God just wants to get you. He just wants to love on you. He just wants to reignite the passion, the fire. And I would just say, baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's just a good start. It's just a really good start. Um, I'm going to fast forward here. Everyone say amen. Come on. That's like when your wife says, how do I look? You're not supposed to respond. Okay, guys? Does this dress make me look fat? No, right? No, it doesn't. You guys are supposed to be silent when I ask that. All right. Uh, in just a few minutes, I'm going to invite Pastor Kelly, and we're just going to have an opportunity here um, to just uh, go after Holy Spirit, whatever it looks like, feels like, smells like. If, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'd like to, to have that happen for the first time, this is, this is for you. If you have and it's been a while, this is for you. If you have and, and you, it happened this morning, well, this is for you too, right? Like, really, isn't this just for all of us to just have fresh encounters with him? And, and so the last question that just comes to mind is this, how can I receive the Holy Spirit? How can I be filled we see multiple times in Scripture that it was just the sovereignty of God. Like Acts 2, it was the sovereignty of God. He did, when I say sovereignty, that means he's God and we're not. And so in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came and just, just encountered them. A, a few chapters later, a bunch of disciples were in a house and the, they were praying and the whole house shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. A few chapters later, I think it was Acts 10, Peter's preaching and the Holy Spirit interrupts his great sermon and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there's some times where corporately, like God just comes and shows up. And even in those corporate times, I see some things. I see like some intentional waiting. Like I see some, some intentional obedience that leads up to this outpouring. I, but one of the things I see is this hunger. We keep coming back to this theme of passion and fire. It's like that passion, that hunger that says there must be more. There must be more. It's like, it, it's like he doesn't just like um, play games with us. I, I like the quote that says he doesn't hide um, from us. He hides for us. In other words, he, he hides in such a way that it encourages you to find him. He wants you to go after him with everything that you've got. He wants you to pursue him. And I think that that's what happened in some of those corporate outpourings. But we also just see places um, where the disciples or the apostles um, laid hands on people and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that was one of the ways where they just laid hands on them. I, I love this. You remember when I, when I preached uh, the message on um, uh, Saul and Ananias comes and lays his hands on Saul and he receives his sight back? The Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why I like that story so much? Because Ananias was just an average everyday Joe disciple. 
And it just tells me that you don't need me to lay my hands on you for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That your husband can lay his hands on you. You can heal your, right? Your wife can lay her hands on you. And you guys could just come into agreement and receive Holy Spirit because you're, you're a disciple. You've got the goods right there. But I'm willing to. I'm willing. I just want you to know this whole thing is about being equipped as the body of Christ. I love Luke 11 is just a great principle. Luke 11, verse 13, it says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Anybody just want it? Anybody want more in here? Right? I do. Me and Tom. Me and Tom. We want more. Here's the principle. Just ask. Just ask. He's called one of the places, multiple places where it talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was called a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, just ask. I'll tell you what, my daughter... Sometimes, sometimes it's annoying. She asks all the time for stuff. I mean, she just keeps going. Sometimes we just choose, honey, will you just stay home with the kids while I go to the store? Do you want to know why? Because she's going to ask. It's because we're going to end up like spending 40 more dollars at the grocery store because she needs Pop-Tarts or gummy bears or something because she's going to ask. I mean, I mean, anywhere we're at, Daddy, can I have $5, right? You know, pretty soon it's going to be more than $5. So right now I'm, I'm happy. But she just asks. She just asks. She just keeps asking. But you know what happens? Is I end up giving. I know that's bad parenting skills. But you know, sometimes you just want to sleep. Sometimes you just want to move on. Sometimes you're just like, you know what, whatever you want. Whatever you want. You know, that's why I have candy in my drawer in my office is because I just got, I just got tired of all the asking, right? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of being, being funny, but, but listen, you ask. You ask, and your, your, your father wants to give the Holy Spirit. He's not playing games. Do you want it? Do you want it? There must be more. Hmm. I'm just going to close with this thought, is that um, the Bible does have precedence, an order, the, the, way, the way the Lord likes to do things. He breaks his rules sometimes because he's God. But the order that we see in, in the book of Acts is that you're saved, you repent, you're water baptized, and then, you're, and then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just the order. Multiple times, it's, it's how Peter preached it. You give your heart to Jesus, salvation, repentance. You're water baptized, a public confession of your faith. And then, and then, you're, uh, and then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So you see that. There's, there's a couple different places where the Lord just kind of, like Acts 10 is one. And, and, I, um, and there was, there's a, maybe there was another one. Oh, with Paul and Ananias, that, that was another one. And you, you see a couple breaks the rules scenarios because God wrote the rules. So he can just do however he wants to do it. But the way he asks us to do it is for the most part, right, we're going to just follow the rules. We're going to follow the precedent. And then we'll let the Lord break in and do it in a different way if he likes to do it. But I just, does that make sense for you? And, uh, and that's just how I read scripture. We're going we're gonna to go into a time of worship here. And uh, in about, you know, about 15 minutes or so, um, I'll probably, I'll come up and I'll just, I'll just let everyone know if you need to go, you can go. If you want to stay, you can stay. But could we, could we just honor the Lord and, 
and wait on him for the next 10 or 15 minutes here and just expect that maybe the Lord might want to do something in somebody's life here this morning and just honor this time. Um, I'm going to have you, Pastor Kelly, if you just lead for one song, I'm going to invite everyone to stand. We're going to have him lead. And at some point here, I'm going to invite those that want to be filled for the first time or again and again, however it is for you, whatever your, whatever your hunger level is, I'm just going to invite you to come forward. And I think my wife uh, asked a few people to, to help me out this morning to pray with people. So Lord, right now, would you stir it again once more in this room? Or would you stir our passion? Would you ignite that fire? Lord, the Holy Spirit being poured out for empowerment, for righteous living, for empowerment, for spreading the gospel, for empowerment, for ministry, for, uh, because we can't do this in our own strength. Lord, may you raise up a passionate people that love you with everything that are going to impact their families and impact their schools and their workplaces in this city. May this city be never the same because of a, of a passionate people that you raise up. Lord, ignite that fire again. And if you're willing, would you just in this room just put your hands out in front of you just in a, a receiving mode and just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Multiple places in Scripture it says they received the Holy Spirit. In other words, that means that there's an action part on you and the only action you, you have is to receive. Holy Spirit, come. I'm even just feeling some heat on my hand here. Lord, I just thank you that you're coming right now. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet to the tips of our fingers. Lord, that it would be more than just a Bible study more than just words in a page, more than an intellectual transaction, but that you would be fully present and active in this place right now. Would you worship with me for a minute here?